What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And this is a special bonus episode of the show. It's Friday, uh, right around lunchtime on the East Coast. And Bart and I are recording a third episode of the week. Uh, you know, we always do our waiver wire show on Monday uh, with a with a weekly recap. And then we do a preview show on Wednesdays or Thursdays. Uh, but this, you know, the name of the game here is Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. And we want we are updating our rest of season rankings up at rosrankings.com every single week. But we're not always talking about it all that much on the pod. And we wanted to make sure we set aside some time to have a specific discussion about rest of season rankings. There's been a lot of big news in the NFL lately to cover. And we're just going to have a, a fun little conversation today, huh, Bart? Yeah, you shouldn't have uh, you shouldn't have mentioned lunch though, because now I'm getting hungry and I don't have lunch in front of me. But that's okay. Well, I'll I'll power through. And uh, yeah, I was watching the the Ravens Bucks game last night, and I'm sitting there thinking, gosh, I might need to update my rest of season rankings like real time here. At the, the Ravens just kept losing players, you know, like Gus Edwards had the hamstring late. You know, Mark Andrews went out early. It sounds like nothing serious, but man, they were just falling just dropping like flies even like ronnie stanley and i know he's not fantasy relevant but they were just dealing with all sorts of injuries marlon humphrey <laughs> it was just like can you guys stop getting injured <laughs> yeah i saw but, i saw adam schefter tweet something pointing out like all three of the ravens uh offensive players that were missing time with injury during the week and were questionable um mark andrews rashad bateman and gus edwards all played and all left the game <laughs> with with yeah. injuries so um, maybe they should have just rested those guys. I don't know, but they, they did win the game at least. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I didn't move, uh, too many of those guys up or down based on last night's luckily, like you said, like doesn't sound super, uh, serious, but we do have some other serious injury news to discuss. And, you know, Jamar Chase is probably the big one. If we want to start there, it sounds like he's going to miss four to six weeks, I believe with the hip issue. And, you know, we're here in week eight. So, I mean, if you're if you're a team who's like sitting pretty at six and one or seven and zero, oh, you may want to trade for a guy like Jamar Chase. Um, I'm I don't I'm know. a little hesitant to recommend that people do that though, because a hip injury is that's serious business. That's not this isn't the kind of injury that is the same for every player and always heals in a set amount of time. Like I feel like there's some uncertainty about this injury that that creeps me out a little bit. And mm. um, I, one report in particular I saw that that really. Uh, set alarm bells ringing in my mind was uh, a report that the team is um, optimistic that Chase can heal faster than most people would be able to because he's like a superhero. And I don't think that's a, that sounds like wishful thinking to me. I like four to six weeks might be optimistic. I mean, I, I feel like there's definitely a scenario where he just doesn't play again this season, and that's not really being talked about right now. Um, but that's, I mean, this is a hip injury. This this is the kind of thing that has ruined some players' careers, you know? So I don't want to say that that's what's going to happen. I'm not saying that. But um, I generally, like, when it comes to trades and things like that, I don't want to take on that kind of risk in my profile, you know? Um I saw like somebody in a dynasty league was posting that they traded, uh, they were like tanking this year and they traded Justin Jefferson for Jamar Chase and like draft picks or something. And mm-hmm. like, I get it, but it's just, it feels a little risky just b- until we know a little bit more about the injury uh, specifically. Yeah. I mean, I, I think 
it depends on what you what you're trading him for, right? Like if you're sitting there at six and one and your team is stacked and you can afford to give up a player for him, uh, sort of a middle, you know, someone who's maybe a top one fifty player or something. Because I've we I've moved him down like kind of around like one hundred. Uh, I might move him down a little bit more even. You know, it's hard to kind of rank guys who are we don't know what the injury's going to be like, but yeah, I would. I would I would say like if you're in that situation maybe do it but like don't give up two two starting players to get Jamar Chase right like don't be sitting there at six and one and now you might lose three games in a row because now you're struggling to fill a hole like now nah. but if you if you can give give up like sort of a middle of the road guy someone who's like a fringe uh, starter for you just like a one for one and maybe the Jamar Chase manager you know is sitting there with only a couple wins they might be just ripe for the picking so yeah I, more of that kind of situation I feel like it's a really different situation in a keeper league versus a redraft league you know in a redraft league and that's what we're we're focusing on with our rankings like mm-hmm. there's a scenario where he comes back just in time for the fantasy playoffs and is back to what he was before which is a top five fantasy receiver so like there's a there's a potential like if you are six and one or something like that you might be able to trade you know some spare parts that you don't really need to get yep. to get him and uh, potentially have a huge upgrade for the fantasy playoffs. so I like that kind of a move like if you have depth like a lot of these top teams they just have good players on their bench that never see their starting lineup you know and especially if some of your top guys have already had their buys and you have a little more flexibility there. Like I like taking shots like that in a redraft league. Keeper, it's totally different. Keeper, you're you're really worried more about the long term with him, and is this something that could be a long term issue for him? And uh, especially if you're going to be giving up, if you're tanking and you're giving up a player like a Justin Jefferson, who I mentioned, like you want to know that you're going to get the Jamar Chase we've all known and loved uh, at least starting next season. So. That's a, that. There, I would exercise a little bit more caution, um, but yeah, I mean, in redraft, it's all about you know, um, when, if are, if you're in a playoff position now, uh, you're setting yourself up for the fantasy playoffs. If you're uh, fighting to stay alive right now, you might be on the other end of that and be willing to trade chase to get some players that can help you get through those bye weeks, keep winning some games, and and sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, and of course the managers who have Tyler Boyd, who have Hayden Hurst, they were you never want to celebrate an injury of course, but hey, you know, it you have those guys on your roster you're like, "Oh, great. It's like, you know, finding collect collect $200 or whatever in Monopoly for one of those things." <laughs> or it's if like you just, land on Go, you oh. get 400 or it, it's not a real rule, but I know a lot of people play that. <laughs> but you know, we we both moved Tyler Boyd way up. I mean, he's he's like a a wide receiver too rest of the season, right? And Hayden Hurst is like you know, he's in that top 12 consideration for sure. I mean, like, this is a guy who started the season, like, before the season started, we were we had Hayden Hurst probably, you know, around tight end 20 to 25 maybe as, like, a sleeper. And now he's creeping up into that sort of every week starter status. I mean, he's he's been really good as it is. So now without one of these key pieces, we, we've been saying it. It's like if Higgins or Chase goes down, Boyd's an obvious, you know, he's going to be great. But, uh, yeah, Hayden Hurst, solid play too. Yeah, it's definitely a big boost for both of those guys. T. Higgins, I mean, you know, I planted my flag on this long ago. Like, he's every bit as good as uh, or as valuable in fantasy, really, as Jamar Chase. Like, they're both wide receiver ones when when they're both healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. And Higgins has always been underrated for that reason. He's always seen as the second receiver and has been discounted. Well, now he's clearly the number one. 
Um, I think he's a top 10 wide receiver every single week at this point, and it, you can't really argue with that. Um, Boyd, yeah, I mean, for, for now he's a wide receiver too. Um, there's obviously the question of does Chase come back in four to six weeks and then uh, Boyd's value could kind of evaporate. I mean, I think what we mm-hmm. were seeing um, with Chase and Higgins both healthy and in the lineup is that Boyd can still blow up for some huge games. Uh, he's just – a boomer boss wide receiver three uh, when those guys are both healthy, you know, it's really matchup dependent. Um, but now he's just a plug and play wide receiver two, uh, as long as chase is gone. And I agree with what you said about Hurst. I mean, um, he's not, he's still not seeing a ton of volume, but we'll have to see what happens now with chase out of the lineup. I mean, Mike Thomas is probably going to step in as the third receiver, but he's not going to probably, uh, get as many targets as Tyler Boyd was getting as the third receiver. So there's some extra targets there, I think, for for Hurst to soak up. Although it is also possible that the Bengals become a little more run-heavy because they've been one of the most pass-happy teams in the entire league this year, um, and they do have Joe Mixon there. So that's certainly an option for them. And it's also possible, I mean, we've got to keep an eye on the trade deadline, which is coming up early next week. You never know, they could make a trade, which could tell you a lot more about Jamar Chase's injury. So something to certainly keep an eye on, and I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about when we do like the the Wednesday show <laughs> next week Absolutely. after the trade deadline. And you know, there's just so much news to cover. So let's just keep chugging along here. Yep. Uh, the Christian McCaffrey trade, we we touched on that a little bit on our other shows this week, obviously. Um, but for rest of season purposes, there's a lot of uh, ramifications for this uh, ripple effect. You know, I I did bump CMC up a few spots in my rankings, so he's now uh, my my number one running back uh, in my rankings um, just because of the potential for the blow up scenarios. Um, actually, you know what? He's not my number one. I, uh, yeah, he is. He is. I bumped him just <laughs> ahead of Eckler and Saquon Barkley, but really to me, it's a top tier. It's Eckler, Barkley, McCaffrey, and Jacobs. Like you can put those guys, those four guys in any order. And I won't really argue the point. I, I think those are the, the clear top four, right now but I, I don't know I just look at McCaffrey and I see the the best situation for a running back and the best running back you know like he's the most talented running back in the NFL and it's the best uh, system for running backs the most running back friendly system so while there's always an injury risk with with McCaffrey um, I just I don't know I, I, I feel like the upside is through the roof well, I'm going to disagree a little bit with you on this one because, you know, give me Derrick Henry rest of the season over McCaffrey. I've got wow, Derrick Henry okay. in that top tier because he's passed his bye week. Uh, he's, he hits the Texans, I think, still twice, one, one of which this week. I just think he's he's due for some just huge games. Uh, Tannehill's a little bit dinged up. I just think they're going to go so much Henry. Uh, we saw last year what he could do before he got hurt and, you know, everything. So I've got him. And he's, he started to catch some passes uh, this year. So anyway, I, I agree with you. Like, I've moved mccaffrey up but um he's still in that next big tier for me just until i see it but who knows maybe next week i'll move mccaffrey up there with you okay yeah i guess we have a little disagreement there i mean to me henry would be like the number five running back so like he's right after that top four for me um like with nick chubb and jonathan taylor and uh like he's in he's in a tier with those guys for me just because uh he just doesn't have like it's it's nice that he's getting more targets now but we're still talking like 
four targets a week max. <laughs> I mean, like, he's not a yeah. big receiving back. And the Titans have had very favorable game scripts up to this point. I don't know if that's going to continue all season. So, like, I have Derrick Henry as my number one running back for this week against the Texans. But I don't think I'm yeah. going to have him as the number the number one running back as often as I will have Christian McCaffrey uh, ranked there. That's fair. And I guess we'll see what happens with McCaffrey, right? Like, we still haven't quite seen it yet. But we, we what we expect, I agree with you. I think Debo, you know, like you talked about the ripple effect. You know, I think Debo might see a few, you know, a little bit fewer touches. And uh, obviously, Jeff Wilson, we, we've talked about him a little bit. Like, I've dropped him in a couple leagues, kept him in a couple leagues. I had him everywhere. Um, so I was a little disappointed in that. But he's still a guy you can kind of hang on to in the short term. Elijah Mitchell still isn't back. So yeah. we'll have to see how the, the backup yeah, there's there. gonna be there's gonna be some pressure on people's rosters with Jeff Wilson because they do go on by next week. So mm-hmm. the way I'm treating it is like I still have him on my rosters, um, but if McCaffrey makes it through this Sunday's game uh, without getting hurt, then I think I might drop Jeff Wilson. Uh, for example, yeah. like in some leagues, I have um, like the Cowboys defense or something, and they're on by in Week Nine. So uh, after Jeff Wilson plays. Uh, and, and Christian McCaffrey plays, assuming McCaffrey doesn't get hurt, I could see dropping Jeff Wilson to pick, to pick up a second defense or something like that mm-hmm. uh, for week nine. So um, that's just something uh, we'll have to see how it plays out in terms of who the backup is for McCaffrey uh, once they get out of their bye. Like, is Elijah Mitchell back? Uh, does he overtake Jeff Wilson for the number two role? Because Jeff Wilson is a Shanahan favorite, and he's been mm-hmm. he's been productive. <laughs> so I don't think it's a slam dunk that Mitchell – becomes the number two back once he's back um but it's definitely possible uh or it could just be unclear in which case stashing a handcuff doesn't make so much sense um and i agree with what you say about debo i think you could make it to a lesser extent about kittle and Ayuk as well i just think mccaffrey is going to demand a lot of touches in that offense so it does affect all of those guys a little bit but i would say it affects debo the most of the three just Mm -hmm. because uh he is the kind of guy that uh could get some rushing work as a receiver could get a lot of those low ap- average depth of target uh, passes. Um, and now McCaffrey really is probably going to be the, the go-to guy for those kind of looks. Um, so that, that does affect Debo. Yeah. And we can't forget about the Panthers. You know, we can talk real quick about, you know, McCaffrey leaving a hole there and we saw uh, Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard both get work last, uh, last week. Um, so this week it looks like Foreman is going to have the backfield mostly to himself with Raheem Blackshear maybe sprinkled in. But rest of the season, um, yeah, I mean, this is kind of Foreman's chance, right, with Hubbard injured. I moved Foreman up to, like, my RB 37, and uh, the, the, the Hubbard news just came out as we're getting ready to start here. So I may not have had him high enough if he can kind of take a hold of this, this backfield. But I would expect even maybe like a 60-40 split or 60-30 and maybe some Blackshear sprinkled in if he looks a little bit, uh, if he looks okay this week too. Yeah, I mean, I have Foreman and Hubbard back-to-back in my rest of season rankings, but that was before learning that Hubbard would be out this week. Um, Based on that knowledge, I would bump Foreman up a little bit and Hubbard down a little bit because, like you said, it is an opportunity for Foreman to lay claim to the backfield. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think it's – it doesn't sound like a major injury for Hubbard. So I would expect him back in a week or two. And uh, there's still the obvious limitations of this offense being, being the Panthers uh, offense that it is. Um, But like say Foreman, if he blows up this weekend um, and they're playing Atlanta. So, I mean, Atlanta is actually better against the run than the pass. So it's not like 
the best matchup, but it's not a bad matchup. And uh, Foreman looked pretty impressive in uh, his opportunities last season as well. So if he blows up this week, maybe he, he, you know, locks down like a 60-40 split with Hubbard going forward or maybe even 65-35, something like that. Uh, If that's the case, I think he could push for maybe low-end RB2 value, but that's probably about where it tops out, I would think, um, when when Hubbard is healthy. I think with Hubbard out, there's even a little more upside, obviously. Yeah, and the Panthers could be in first place if they win this game against Atlanta in the the NFC South, so... You know, DJ Moore, just real quick before we go to the next one, like we I've moved him up a little bit too. I think you did, like, especially if the team is winning. I mean, if they're if they're you know, the the, the coach is gone, they've got McCaffrey gone and some new things going on there. Um, I don't know, man. If PJ Walker keeps going, like DJ Moore is interesting again because he's a he's a really good player. Yeah, I mean if I moved him up and not it wasn't so much because of the McCaffrey trade, it was more just PJ Walker instead of Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. I think that that could be a good thing for DJ Moore. Sam Darnold would also be a good thing for DJ Moore, but I think Walker, based on how he played last week, has a a pretty decent shot to lock down the starting job for the rest of the season. Um, But I think the main thing is, if you're a DJ Moore manager, you just don't want Baker Mayfield to get the job back. (laughs) If it's either (laughs) of the other two guys, I think he can go back to um, being sort of, maybe not quite what we were hoping for coming into the season, but at least kind of close to it you know low end wide receiver two high end wide receiver three yep well uh i know we've talked about the Brees hall injury in previous episodes but we haven't really talked about it with rest of season rankings so kind of the ripple effect there travis Etienne has moved up a ton uh with james robinson you know going to uh that was kind of the ripple effect you know the jets traded for james robinson obviously michael carter is still there so moved him up quite a bit in rest of season rankings but we're going to find out this week uh, kind of how that Jets backfield plays out. I think it'll be sort of like a 60-40 probably with Michael Carter, um, but we'll see. Uh, over time, I mean, Ty Johnson might be sprinkled in a little bit at first, but I think we'll probably see rest of the season it be more of an even split, I would think, between Carter and Robinson, don't you think? Well, there's a lot of un- unanswered questions for both of these backfields, to be honest. I mean, with, with the Jaguars, I do think Travis Etienne is borderline RB1 at this point, but... Yeah. Um, I don't know, though. I, you know, I feel like um, people might be a little over-optimistic about the number of touches he's going to get because uh, Jermichael Hasty, like, it just seems the, the Doug Peterson, the way he was talking about it, I mean, he, he is a coach who has usually used the running back committee. So I'm not sure we're going to see Travis Etienne get eight, over 80% of the snaps every week like he did last week. You know, I, I still wonder if there was something there with James Robinson. Uh, it sounds like mm-hmm. he might have still been a little less than 100%, um, and, and that might have played in some there. So I wouldn't shock me if, like, Hasty ends up getting way more snaps than anyone is expecting. But big picture, I mean, Etienne's a top 15 running back for me regardless. Um, I just would – you know, give that little word of caution that uh, we might see Jamichael Hasty uh, sprinkled in a little more than people think. Um, and then on the Jets side, yeah, I, it, there's a lot of different ways this could go. I mean, uh, it's not even a slam dunk that James Robinson plays this week. I, I, I saw that uh, Sala was saying he wouldn't commit one way or the other yet, and it's Friday, so <laughs> not a lot of time left <laughs> to think about that. Um, so, but, but you know, big picture, rest of season, um I think it is going to be a committee, a pretty even committee between Carter and Robinson would be my guess. 
Um, but in terms of who takes the lead in the committee, it could go either way. I think for right now, I'm I'm going to be a little higher on Carter uh, just because he's the incumbent. He's uh, going to be the lead back this weekend, I would think, at least. And he also brings some pass-catching uh, role to the table. I mean, Robinson can do that too, but I think Carter mm-hmm. probably has the the edge initially in that in that piece of it at least. So in a PPR format, I think Carter maybe gets a little bit of a boost. But yeah, I mean, I, I think those guys uh, need to be ranked pretty closely together rest of season. So I moved I moved ETN up to my RB twelve ahead of DeAndre Swift, uh, guys like Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, Damian Pierce. That's kind of you may have some different guys mixed in there, but that's that's where he fits for me. And then for Michael Carter, he's right there at the borderline RB2. So I, I plugged him in there at RB24 ahead of guys like Najee Harris and James Conner. And James Robinson is RB33. So I, I moved Robinson up uh, slightly, or maybe we already had him high, but he's he's still up there for me. I think, yeah, this we'll, we'll have to see how this kind of plays out. Yeah, uh, just looking at it, I think you and I have these guys ranked pretty similarly. I have Robinson a little bit lower than you do. Um, but we're right on the same page on ETN and uh, and on Carter. Cool. Yep. Um, so let's see. Next next bit of news. There was another running back injury, of course. J.K. Dobbins out four to six weeks. And he didn't really seem like he was ever fully healthy this season. And he may never be fully healthy this season. This particular uh, trip to the IR was due to uh, arthroscopic surgery on the knee to remove uh, uh, some scar tissue from his previous surgery. So I, I'm pretty much writing Dobbins off at this point for, for 2022. Uh, Gus Edwards has looked really explosive and um, exciting in his opportunities, but um, you know he only played 36% of the snaps in his first game. Uh, and then in the second game, he uh, left with a hamstring injury. So now his status is kind of up in the air again. Um, good news is that they have their bye coming up. So probably, um, or I guess it's a mini mini bye um, with the uh, the Thursday game. So maybe they, he miss, misses one game and then the, their bye would be after that, right? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, maybe he misses one game, but I would say uh, rest of season-wise, it does look like he's going to be their lead guy, but it's not going to be it, – like the Ravens like committee. They like to do a committee approach, so – we're going to see Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill sprinkled in as well. Um, but but Edwards is the one that I feel like you can plug in as a low-end RB2. Uh, you just have to realize that he's better in standard than in PPR because the, the Ravens just don't really throw to their running backs. Yeah, and Drake got the start last night. He he got the touchdown. So I think this is going to be a little bit of a headache. Um, and I, I'll say for Dobbins, you know, we, we, we talk about J.K. Dobbins. Uh, we did every episode until he got hurt. <laughs> we loved him. But we're still talking um, about him, so... <laughs> We're still talking about him. We might still, yeah. But, you know, I I still, again, kind of like with Jamar Chase, to a much lesser extent, if you're sitting up there in the top and you want to trade for a Dobbins and stash him on your IR, I mean, you might be able to trade away an Alec Pierce. Or, like you mentioned, the Cowboys defense. Like, if you want to stream defense, you could trade a top defense or maybe the Bucks defense or something if you want to try to stream. Um, I don't know. I would reach out to the manager who has Dobbins just to see if you could stash him because they might be 2-5 and five and they're like, I need something, you know. So it's at least at least worth a worth checking in. I guess so. I have, like I said, I have very minimal expectations for Dobbins at this point for for this season. But it, I think it's one of those situations where if you do have IR spots and you have an open IR spot, and the team that has Dobbins 
has does not have an open IR spot, like they have more right. injured players than spots to stash them, then that could be a situation where uh, where it could make sense to make a deal. Like maybe you have a player that, like you said, Alec Pierce, like there's a lot of different guys it could be, but if it's a guy that like you might have to cut anyway <laughs> to yep. um, deal with bye weeks and stuff like that, uh, get Dobbins, stash him, why not? But I, like I said, I, I'm not I'm not expecting... The problem for me is not it's not just the injury and the health concerns. It's also the role. I don't I just don't think we can mm-hmm. take for granted that he's gonna step into the lead role again once he is back at this point. Right. Uh that's fair. So another interesting thing that happened just in the last couple days was Kadarius Tony was traded. That was yesterday, actually. Uh it was. it's hard to keep up with all this. Kadarius Tony <laughs> traded from the Giants to the Chiefs and um there's a lot of ripple effect with this one as well. Uh, you know, Tony hadn't been playing. So from the Giants perspective, maybe it doesn't change that much. It does make me more comfortable with Wandale Robinson rest of season just because I do feel like he and Tony have sort of similar skill sets. So mm-hmm. um, there was always the potential it would become a headache when Tony came back. And now that's just not really a concern. So I think Robinson is locked in as the as the slot guy, the playmaker um, in the mm-hmm. passing game, and, and probably the number one target for Daniel Jones. So that's good to see. Um, and then, I don't know if you want to talk about Darius Slayton. I'm, I'm not really feeling Darius Slayton, but uh, you did put him in the notes. Do you want to speak to him at all? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, with with Tony, he hasn't been on the field. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay hasn't been on the field. So, again, kind of like what you said with Wandale, I agree with you there. He's the guy who could kind of break out, right? And second half of the year could be like that Amon Ross St. Brown we saw last year or something. I really think he could have a really good second half. We've been talking about him for a couple weeks now, so hopefully you picked him up. But yeah, Slayton, I mean, he had a touchdown last week. Uh, he's he's involved. He's not running a ton of routes or not a ton of targets, but I think like Daniel Jones has looked, has looked good. He's, he's, done, he's done well. He's playing well, so it might just be those two guys, and Bellinger's hurt for who knows how long. He was thrown to him a lot, and he got his eye poked out. <laughs> so like... <laughs> I don't know. It's it's. I agree with you on Wandale, but like Slayton is just a little bit interesting to me. I've moved him moved him up. Yeah, I just the, the snaps aren't there. Like he's playing behind Marcus Johnson, so I I don't. And I <laughs> Daniel Jones is doing well in fantasy, but a lot of it's based on his rushing ability. I True. I just don't see the Giants supporting more than one pass catcher fantasy wise. So I'm I'm pretty much out on any Giants other than Wandale Robinson in the passing game. Uh, but I did run on the, the I Chiefs. Did run there's all Tony. kinds of uh, ramifications here. <laughs> There are, and I and I actually ran out and picked up Tony in a couple leagues too, just to see what happens where I could. Now they're on their bye this week. It would have been nice if Tony was declared out or something, and I could have stashed him in an IR spot. But so I didn't go try to pick him up everywhere, but I picked him up in a couple places to see see how things uh, shake out. But you're right, the Chiefs. Um, Juju looked really good uh, last week. He's looking like the number one. I think we've both moved MVS and Miko down slightly, or maybe in some cases MVS maybe quite a bit. Uh, it's hard to move Meikle down too much after that three touchdown game, but those things, if Tony gets incorporated into the offense, are going to be fewer and far between. Where he's just splashing the end zone. Yeah, I, I think people are getting a little over their skis about Tony on Twitter. Uh, I mean, they gave up a third round pick. It's not like they sold the farm, and the, and the Chiefs are kind right. of like obsessed with adding um, sort of. <laughs> one-dimensional players that can make big plays, you know, like, I, and and it's a mess. Like, I mean, it, Patrick Mahomes told us this uh, from the beginning. He said it's going to be a different guy every week, and now there's just mm-hmm. one more guy 
that it could be. Um, so I would say this trade, like I would definitely recommend stashing Tony um, if you can, just to see what happens, you know. But uh, realistically, I, I, I would put him in the same bucket with an MVS and a Hardman where it's like, and a Sky Moore for, for that matter. I mean, Sky Moore, uh, people have been so frustrated that he's not getting looks and he they used a higher pick on sky more than they traded to get Kadarius tony so i don't think it's any kind of a certainty that tony is going to walk into some huge role in this offense i mean juju is still probably the best bet of the pass catchers to see the most targets week in and week out but even he i mean just the fact they're still adding more guys it dampens my enthusiasm (laughs) a little bit for even juju but i would still rank juju pretty clearly as the top receiver rest of season in this group but it's going to be like every given any given week it could be tony it could be mvs it could be hardman it could be sky Moore blowing up for a game like you just you're just not going to know and that's exactly how andy reed and patrick mahomes like it <laughs> yeah and mahomes is my clear number three uh qb for the rest of the season after josh allen and jalen hurts because i mean lamar had a nice game last night but justin herbert hasn't been great kyler murray okay Joe Burrow just lost Jamar Chase, so for me, Mahomes is clear number three if you're trying to trade for maybe a quarterback. If you've been streaming and you're looking good, maybe maybe make an offer and try and get Mahomes uh, because he's, you know, after the after the bye, yeah, he's got he's got another weapon in his arsenal. Yeah, for sure. And then the backfield there has also been shifting a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ian Rappaport reported Sunday morning that Isaiah Pacheco was going to be the starter in that game. And he was the starter. He he got he he was got the first snap, um, but he and he played more snaps than Clyde Edwards-Helaire. But he played fewer snaps than Jarrett McKinnon, who has played the most snaps of the three of them in all but one game this season. Um, I you know I I am still curious though with Pacheco. Um, I think it's promising that he's overtaken Ceh. Uh, and now they go into their buy. So often with rookies, you will see them get a bump in usage coming out of the buy. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if Pacheco gets uh, more work uh, after the buy uh, at CEH's expense. But I do kind of feel like those two guys are like battling it out for for the early down rushing role, and McKinnon is kind of just locked in as like the complementary piece. Like he's never going to be uh, – a huge touch guy, but he's going to play a lot of snaps. And Clyde's still going to find the end zone. We'll see. I, <laughs> but, I don't you know, know, man. I, know. I, I feel like that's very um, – I, I don't think that he has some lock on the red zone looks over Pacheco. I, I think that's very no. much to be determined. And I just think, like, we just got done talking about the Ravens backfield now without Dobbins, and I think, you know, this is a similar situation where you have three guys, you know, or maybe even four, if another guy gets mixed in, maybe they st- maybe they give Kadarius Tony a, a rushing, you know, here and there. Mikko <laughs> Harbin had two rushing touchdowns last week, so yeah, yeah I just think you know it's not it's not a stay away because it's a great offense. Um, the Ravens one isn't a stay away either. They love to run the ball. Um, they ran the ball a ton in the second half and looked good doing it last night. So yeah, I I moved. I haven't moved Clyde down as much as you did. I will in the coming weeks if we see that that turn. You know, if Pacheco if he's the starter and he starts getting more work, right? If, if we see the snap the snap counts and the production change a little bit. Well, you haven't moved Pacheco up as much as I have either. I mean... I, right, I, I, exactly. I, I think you're uh, you're you're clinging on to Edwards, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire <laughs> a little too much here. I mean, 63 for Edwards-Hilaire and uh, 
Pacheco at 129. I don't know, man. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I'm the, ranking the, Pacheco ahead of Clyde Edwards-Helaire at this point, uh, pretty confidently. I like. I still think it, it could be close, but like, if you ask me who, I, which one I would take first, like, I wouldn't hesitate. I would take Pacheco. I mean, he was a starter in the most recent game, and he's a rookie, and they're going into the bye. I just, I think he's trending up, and Edwards-Helaire is, tre- is trending down. Well, our next guys, you know, kind of the same things happening there. We're, you know, with Zeke and dealing with an MCL sprain, I believe. Um, I've actually moved Tony Pollard ahead of him rest of the season, expecting him, you know, expecting Zeke, that is, to miss a few games. We'll have to see how it actually plays out, you know. I can't I can't see Zeke missing, like, Thanksgiving, you know. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see when Zeke's back. But I've moved Pollard all the way up to my RB19, and I've moved Zeke down to my RB30. Mm. So I don't know where if you've done something similar where you've moved Pollard up or, or I have them much. back-to-back right now, and... This I, again, we did these rankings before. I, I mean, let's be honest. Like we don't like the reports on Ezekiel Elliott have really been all over the place, as we've seen with a yeah. lot of injured players. It's just very hard to get a read on a lot of these injuries, especially earlier in the week. It's it, it, the teams are just not very forthcoming. Like some teams are, but most teams are not. And you know, there's literally back-to-back Roto World blurbs. One says. Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy said Ezekiel Elliott has a chance to play in week eight. The other one is the Star no. Telegram's Clarence Hill reports Ezekiel Elliott is not expected to play in week eight and rest his knee for a couple of weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm more I'm more likely to believe the reporter than the coach in these situations. Um, so, uh, just based on that information, I probably if if I could update my rankings further, I would move Zeke down a little bit and and Pollard up a little bit. Um, but big picture, you know, I I don't think this backfield has fundamentally changed. Like once uh, Elliott is healthy, uh, Jerry Jones loves Ezekiel Elliott, and he still has a lot of sway in that organization. So I think Zeke is going to go back to being the guy. Once he's healthy, he's going to go back to being the guy that gets more touches. But Pollard mm-hmm. is going to be way more effective on his touches. So, you know, Zeke's the touchdown guy. Pollard's the, like, 50 yard rip off a 50 yard run guy you know oh yeah um so yeah i do uh i do like pollard a little more as where we stand now based on zeke being hurt but um i i think uh it could it could become a headache once again in a couple weeks you're right about jerry and you're right about like the the roles but i just think it's possible that you know pollard you know take takes this opportunity i mean we've seen him be really good when given the opportunity but i think when zeke does come back we could just see zeke get it inside the 20 and, and get those red zone, those goal line looks, you know, and, and Jerry would be happy if Zeke is still scoring one or two touchdowns a game and fantasy managers could be happy if Tony Pollard is actually <laughs> getting half the touches. You know, I would love to see it. Believe me. I, I have Tony <laughs> Pollard. I've been a Tony Pollard fan for a long time. I, I love the way that he plays. Like he's just has so much more juice than Zeke, but I have to yeah. admit Zeke actually surprised me. Like he looked pretty good the last couple games before he got hurt, like he looked better than he's looked in a long time. So um, yeah. it's an unfortunate injury that, 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 that happened right as he was kind of sipping from the fountain of youth. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Pollard, you know, with Zeke out, like he's an RB one clearly. And um, as long as that is the case, like he's, uh, he's really a top 10 guy in my book. Well, Michael Thomas could use a sip from that uh, fountain of youth because, yeah. you know, his, uh, I, I don't know when he's ever going to come back, man. I, I had him last year. I took him in the middle rounds in a couple leagues, and then 
I don't think he did. He even play a snap last year. I can't remember. I think he missed the whole season, yeah. didn't he? And then you know this year he played a game and he's dealing with the injury. And I just I don't know, man. It just feels like AJ Green to me when AJ Green was dealing with some of this stuff. And I don't know when we'll see Michael Thomas. Uh, I've moved Chris Olave up a ton, and some of that's Michael Thomas, but some of that just Olave has been awesome. Um, so we've we've got Olave, I think, well inside our top fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to see where I have I him as have far him as wide receivers. I've got him forty. Yeah, yeah, so he's he's way up there for me. And that's he's not among wide receivers. receivers. That's overall players. Yeah, he's my wide receiver 13 rest of the season. So I've moved him up quite a there bit. There you go. Yeah, I I mean, I've got Michael Thomas everywhere, so it's it's been it's been painful. And uh it's also <laughs> I I have him in an IR spot in a lot of leagues and then every week he's like questionable, so then my roster is yeah. locked and I have to wait until they formally declare him out to be able to make moves. It's like just adding like salt on the wounds, you know, like they should have <laughs> yes. just put him on IR. I, I, uh, I was seeing one of, I, one of the saints uh, reporters was tweeting about that yesterday. Like why did they like misdiagnose his injury again? Because this has been a common right. theme with the saints. They, they're always refusing to rule him out for any length of time. And then he just, it's like a slow drip of news and he every week people are like is this the week that michael thomas returns and then he doesn't and it's uh incredibly frustrating i mean he looked pretty good at the beginning of the season you know so um i do think there is still a scenario where in the second half of the year he comes back and is is a valuable player but um even then i mean alave has just been so good i mean these rookie receivers have really uh i mean this has just been a great year for rookies in general um but Alave, it hasn't mattered whether Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton is a quarterback. He's just been putting up numbers each and every week, and I think he's clearly the best uh, Saints wide receiver to roster at this point. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, and I was just kind of looking around while you were talking there to see if Mike Williams has been put on IR yet because his his injury sounded like it was going to also be around four weeks. And, you know, I always just wonder, it's like, gosh, guys, if it's going to be, if he's going to miss four or five games, like just put him on the freaking IR. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Uh, Cause with Mike Williams's injury, uh, you know, Keenan Allen, hopefully he'll finally be back after the bye. Right. Um, Gerald Everett has been a really good tight end. Uh, he just keeps, I feel like Gerald Everett managers are getting lucky with Keenan Allen being out. And now Mike Williams is out. So Gerald Everett, you know, he stays pretty high in my rankings and I've bumped him up. I think rest of the season, he's a guy who, I would even consider trading for um, if you if you're struggling at tight end because he's got another month ahead of him at least, um, and that's if Keenan Allen stays healthy. You know, of just getting more targets uh, from Justin Herbert, who loves to throw the ball around. You know, 40, 50 pass attempts a game. Yeah. Uh, so Keenan Allen did play in the game before the bye. He just played limited True. snaps, and uh, I, you know, with the bye, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic that he'll be ready to roll um, coming out of that bye. Um, but yeah, I think Mike Williams, I, it sounds like four weeks is kind of the minimum. So uh, with IR decisions, I kind of feel like a lot of teams are, if it's a, if it's one of their top players, they're, they're like not putting them on IR cause they're just hoping they can come back sooner. And, right. uh, you can only also put eight guys on IR and, uh, does and designate them to return, uh, all season, but that's a decent number. So, well, Chargers have been dealing with a lot of injuries. So. They have. They have. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes sense. Although maybe a bunch of those guys they didn't put on IR also. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Keenan Allen never went on IR. Um, 
So yeah, I uh, I think Allen, I think Keenan Allen has a lot of upside with Mike Williams out. He could soak up a ton of targets, but Josh Palmer and Everett are both really sneaky players to have. Um, I agree with you. Like given the state of tight end, as long as Mike Williams is out, I think Everett is is a week in week out top ten option at the position. And uh, I would I would definitely recommend stashing Josh Palmer over the buy. Uh, he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know at least in Yahoo leagues you could put him in an IR spot, so he's an interesting player to look at. Yeah, or like you've recommended before, I mean he's probably on waiver wires uh, around too. So like you know, come Monday, uh, stash him. You know, like right before, uh, in, especially like you can do that in Yahoo leagues. So yep, do that right before the the week ends. Yep. Um, you want to get into I guess Sam Ellinger? Yeah, <laughs> is I mean this the... is another big news item. The the Colts yeah. I, surprisingly because they're. You know, they're in the thick of the playoff hunt. Pretty much everyone mm-hmm. is because <laughs> every team is like 500 in, in, in the entire NFL, it seems like. Um, Sam Ellinger, yeah. The, the, I mean, Matt Ryan had been terrible. Let's, let's not sugarcoat it. He led the league in interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, his arm's really been shot for two or three years at this point, and uh, it just wasn't happening. So they're going to give Ellinger a shot. I think um, Jim Ursay, the, the owner – I think is the one who was behind this move. He's tired of uh, these failed reclamation projects that uh, Frank Reich has been trying <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Scott Ballard. Um, so they just, he, he, he wants to see the, the young guy get a shot. And I think Ellinger himself is definitely an interesting player in, in a super flex uh, context because of the rushing ability that he brings to the table. I think I mentioned a couple times, like people have comped him to Jalen Hurts, but I would comp him more to Kenny Pickett in terms of a realistic expectation for value. Like, can add some some plays with his legs, um, and maybe make make some throws down the field. But uh, there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be some mistakes. There's going to be some interceptions. Um, so I think it's a downgrade for uh, Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell, um, just because. Uh, Matt Ryan, even with the shot arm, like was, you know, he, he just knows an offense, you know what I mean? And he knows how to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to get the ball, uh, in those short and intermediate routes to his, uh, to his pass catcher. So I don't know if Ellinger's going to have the same, uh, success doing that. Um, but I'm not sure it hurts Alec Pierce. I think maybe the rookie to rookie, uh, connection or i guess is ellinger a second year guy i can't even remember but i think he's second yeah, year, but yeah. he's basically a rookie. Ba- basically a rookie <laughs> exactly so and and pierce again is the kind of guy that can catch inaccurate passes because he's he can catch <laughs> jump balls and kind of force guy mm-hmm. you know uh, he doesn't need to be open to catch the ball basically so um so i i still have a little hope for him but generally speaking i think you just have to downgrade all these guys because you don't know what's going to happen with the passing game here it could be a very run heavy approach with ellinger and jonathan taylor yeah i down, i downgraded them all slightly but I'm, I'm still holding out hope for Pittman. maybe he gets some more downfield looks but we'll just have to see how it plays out uh the upcoming schedule i mean this is kind of a nice spot to put him in at home against washington uh at new england week nine looks a little tough but then he plays the raiders uh, it's it's on the road, but the Raiders are basically giving up a top ten fantasy quarterback every week. So he might be he might be a streamer two out of the next three weeks. And even I mean even New England, I mean we saw what Justin Fields looked like. So they'll be watching the tape there and maybe getting Ellinger out and and running a little bit more. You know, yeah. In that game. yeah, and I I get your point too about Pittman. Like it wasn't great with Matt Ryan. So you know at least it's a change. Maybe maybe it could be right. a change for the good. It remains to be seen. 
yeah, I want to see something. Um, yeah, we move on to the next, you know, DK Metcalf. We have an injury there. Uh, we move, we both move Marquise Goodwin into our top sort of 150 to 200 rest of season. You you, you, had, you tweeted about Pete Carroll and his <laughs> levels of, I don't know, how he tells the truth on <laughs> injuries, which is pretty he's funny. He's just a very me. optimistic guy. Let's, <laughs> yeah, he's not he's lying. A, he he's just, he believes it. <laughs> it's not a lie if you believe yeah. it. <laughs> right Costanza yeah so yeah I I don't know we'll see what what, how this the next few weeks play out but I think Goodwin you know if Metcalf misses a few weeks obviously Goodwin's a a decent play here uh Lockett I'd probably bump Lockett up a couple spots in fact I think I might have moved Lockett ahead of Metcalf rest of season um I'll have to check real quick but it's it's close you know I might have been like back to back but yeah I moved Lockett up to wide receiver 25 Metcalf wide receiver 27 okay um yeah I mean uh I, I um I like yeah I I agree I think Lockett gets a little bit of a bump I the Metcalf injury it's kind of hard to tell uh, how significant it is so I still have him a, a, a couple spots ahead of Lockett in my rankings but they're they're pretty much neck and neck at this point um, yeah. it just with Ian Rappaport I saw he reported this morning I think that Metcalf's injury is not not too significant like I he, he'll probably not play this week but. I I'm not really expecting him to miss a huge amount of time. So, um, and he was my preferred option uh, between him and Lockett prior to the injury. So, um, so it's it's close with those two. But uh, I do think Goodwin is a sneaky pickup uh, just in case because uh, the Seahawks are just a team that has had a lot of success throwing the ball this year with Geno Smith, and um, they don't tend to throw a lot to. Um, ancillary options you know they funnel the, mm-hmm. they funnel targets to their top two receivers so it looks like i mean goodwin had a good game last week uh stepping in for metcalf and even though they're different types of players i mean goodwin's kind of a pure burner um not not a very physical receiver but uh but i just i just could see him getting a lot of looks uh when metcalf's out did you look at metcalf and consider that he might just heal faster than uh you know, someone else. <laughs> well, I know he likes to ride the cart too. So when you see, you know, he rode the cart to the bathroom, oh, yeah. a f- you know, a few weeks ago. And so you see him ride, riding the cart again. And, you know, maybe he, he was injured, but maybe, maybe he wasn't that injured. Maybe he just wanted to ride the cart again. <laughs> what a little hay ride. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. All right. Um, next up we have uh, David Njoku, who's dealing with an injury. Uh, also, I don't believe has hit the IR, but likely has a, I don't know, three or four week timetable. Again, these things are hard to tell, but like Harrison Bryant moved him up a bit. He's looked good at times. Uh, pretty athletic uh, guy. Jo- Jacoby Brissett has loved throwing to his tight end. So um, I know we have Deshaun Watson coming back in a little bit, and we've moved him up the rankings a little bit too. But for the next month or so, it could be Harrison Bryant getting a nice bump. Yeah, I mean, this is another one of these injuries that's extremely difficult to get a good read on. Um, it's a high ankle sprain, so... I feel like every time a player gets a high ankle sprain, the player says, I might play next week. And the coach says, we're going to take it down. You know, they're day to day, they're day to day. And then they end up missing two or three games. So that's probably what's going to happen. You know, and Joku is not ruling himself out for the game, but uh, players rarely do. So um, his timetable was estimated at two to five weeks which is a little more a wider variance than you usually get usually it's a two to four week injury so I don't know what to, what to take out of that but um yeah I mean the the Browns are a team that throw to their tight ends and 
Harrison Bryant has been an adequate tight end when given the opportunity. It's just been such a crowded tight end room there in Cleveland, similar to what we've seen at like the Colts or something in uh, recent years. But um, yeah, I, I, he's kind of the last man standing there right now. So I think he's a he's a solid uh, short term tight end streamer. It's just you know it's not it's not a, a when you're looking at it from a rest of season perspective, like Harrison Bryant's value will probably dry up in about a month. Yeah, but you know, on the, for for Njoku personally, I've moved him way down. Like he's outside of my top twenty tight ends. Uh, I think if he misses the next three or four games, now they do have a bye week coming up in week nine. Uh, but then they they play at Miami, at Buffalo, Tampa. Let's say he's back for at Buffalo. I'm not starting him there. First game back after the injury. Um, Tampa maybe. So you're looking at week twelve. Um, week 13, maybe where you feel comfortable starting in Joku if he's healthy. So Yeah, but you know I what else say, happens in week 13? What? Deshaun Watson returns. Right, and so <laughs> right, so then you have Jacoby Brissett to, to Deshaun Watson, but is Deshaun Watson now throwing more to Amari Cooper? Um, is he scrambling a bit more? Like, things like well, this. So, but Amari Cooper's I, been doing well with Brissett, too. I, yeah. I think Deshaun Watson coming back is good for any pass catcher in this offense. Like, uh, you know, by then the Browns could be completely out of the playoffs and uh, they might just let let uh, Deshaun Watson go and, and see what he can do and try to give their fans something to be excited about for next season. And uh, I could see a scenario where the Browns are putting up some huge passing numbers down the stretch this season. Uh, and... Njoku was already a, a every week top 10 tight end just based on uh, the role that he was playing in the offense. They gave him a huge contract. They've been funneling targets to him. So I I would make sure to hold on to him during the injury. Uh, even if you don't have an IR spot, I would like to hold mm. on to him if you can. Um, that's tough. But certainly if I, you I have an really IR tough. spot, like uh, I think he uh, once he's back is going to slot right in as a borderline top five tight end. It's tough to do. I mean, like, Yahoo allows you, like, if he's out, like, you can move him and stuff like that. So maybe if you can adjust your roster like that, I just think if he ends up missing three or four weeks, it's going to be tough to get through the bye weeks with, you know, two tight ends and holding on to Njoku just to come back with what might be a good connection with Deshaun Watson. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. But, I mean, if if you're a manager that had David Njoku, like, you were very fortunate to have David Njoku versus – the uh, the people that are in the tight end wilderness every week you know so you're yeah. probably not eager to to uh enter the tight end wilderness yep that's true um all right we've got uh, a couple rams returning uh potentially i think van jefferson potentially this week and kyron williams uh we'll see they opened up his window to return uh so both guys moving up the rankings slightly i actually think kyron williams i mean i've moved him up quite a bit i'm just I'm getting excited about the possibility that he could come back and, and actually have a really nice role in the second half here uh, if he can get if he can get healthy. Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely the preferred stash of the two. Um, with Van Jefferson, it's like I like the talent, but we don't really know what kind of role he's going to have. Uh, will he be? I, I think it's I think it's unlikely that he suddenly overtakes Allen Robinson in, in snaps. Right. So you're talking about the third receiver in an offense that is having trouble uh, pass protecting. And, um, you know, even if he t- overtakes Allen Robinson, he's still just kind of a boomer bust wide receiver three. So, um, I, you know, until they fix their offensive line issues, and maybe they did coming out of the bye, we'll see. But as of right now, it's it's the Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby show. 
uh, in the passing game. But Kyron Williams, yeah, I mean, uh, he the, the Rams apparently really like him, and uh, Daryl Henderson is does not have the best track record of holding up. Uh, he he's had a lot of injuries over his career, mm-hmm. and just never really been a bell cow to begin with. So, um, yeah, I mean, however you felt about Cam Akers coming into the season, like you could feel that way about Kyron Williams. Uh, once he returns. Uh, so he's definitely a guy I would want to stash. All right. Uh, I think that's it for like kind of a lot of the news. We do have some other movers and shakers if we want to get into, you know, some higher end guys who are moving up our list. I mean, we've talked about guys like Josh Jacobs and Ken Walker lately when we're doing our previews and recaps. I mean, these guys, Josh Jacobs has been basically like the number one <laughs> running back in football the last two or three weeks. And Ken Walker looked amazing last week. I love Ken Walker. I mean, the fact that the, that Seattle is actually – playing good football geno smith is keeping that like they're winning games that only just helps i think for for ken walker because pete carroll loves to run the football regardless but the fact that they're actually in a lot of these games it just i have him as a top uh i think i have him top 10 uh running back rest of season now yeah no that sounds about right i think um and jacobs yeah my rb8 oh there you go yeah uh jacobs just unbelievable like he's he's probably the most impactful uh pick in fantasy this season as far as i'm concerned i mean uh, oh yeah based on this value yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was falling into the fifth sixth round of drafts and mm-hmm. like i said I, he's a top four running back at the very at the very least easily easily a first round uh fantasy pick if if we redrafted today um and there's really no signs of that slowing down i mean that this is not like it, Everyone kind of assumed Josh McDaniels would go with a running back committee. It's been anything but. I mean, Josh Jacobs is an every-down workhorse like few running backs in the league. Yep. Um, and anything else on Walker? or No, I mean, I, you know, DJ Dallas also. I moved up my rankings a little bit just because he is yeah. now clearly the number two guy. We'll see what happens when Travis Homer comes back. But I think Dallas is a, a decent stash in deeper leagues just uh, in case anything would happen to Walker. But yeah i mean walker is a is a top 10 guy i agree with that so deandre hopkins uh moved him up a ton after one big game and i feel a little bit like knee-jerk reactionary you know a little bit on this but um i mean he looked great he had 14 targets 10 catches for over 100 yards and uh yeah that was i mean new orleans has been giving up a lot of fantasy points so i do worry that like maybe this week (laughs) he doesn't have a big game and then i'm kind of moving him back down but I mean, at Minnesota is not a terrible matchup. Then he gets Seattle, the Rams, San Francisco. I mean, they still have their bye week coming up, but he played a lot out of the slot. I think this hurts Rondell Moore's value a bit. We've talked about that. But, yeah, I've moved up uh, DeAndre Hopkins all the way to wide receiver uh, 14, and I'm a little nervous about moving him that high, but I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, I, it's you don't want to be knee-jerk when a guy catches, like, two 50-yard touchdown passes and ends up with a huge fantasy day, you could be knee-jerk about 14 targets. I mean, this guy is going to eat, true. you know? Like, yeah. he is going to get fed every single week. So um, I I have no problem shooting him up the rankings after one game. I mean, I was I already had him, I think, as a wide receiver, a borderline wide receiver one even before that game because I just felt like this they, they were going to feed him. They needed him back, uh, especially with Marquise Brown. Uh, out for at least a month, probably more. Uh, uh, you know, and he's another guy. Like we don't know for sure he's even going to return at all. So, 
Um, yeah, I, I think Hopkins is a slam dunk wide receiver one at, at this point. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Rondell Moore, you don't like to see that Hopkins got all those slot snaps, but Greg Dorch also got a lot of sn- slot snaps. So I don't know if that's going to continue. Like maybe Robbie Anderson gets worked in more on the perimeter and that um, that gives uh, more of an opportunity for um, Rondell Moore to get some more slot snaps. So I'm not completely giving up hope on him uh, just quite yet. But really, I mean, the Cardinals have not been a great offense this year. So uh, it's pretty much Kyler and uh, Ertz and Hopkins right now and not much beyond that. Okay. We were talking about David Njoku earlier. We disagreed a little bit on, you know, keeping him versus dropping him. One guy who I've moved up my rankings uh, higher than Njoku at this point is Greg Dolcich. Uh, so the rookie started the season on uh, short-term IR, and he's looked really good in his first two games in the league. And he, he plays uh, in London against Jacksonville this week. Uh, the problem is he then has a bye week. But even still, like I think weeks 10 through 17 or 18, whatever you play through, hopefully not 18, um, I think Dolchich I've got in my top – I've got him about tight end 16 or 17 – and I might keep moving him up, you know? Like, if he keeps looking this good, I'll keep moving him up my ranks. Yeah, I mean, I have him ranked higher than you do. Um, so, I, like, I, you know, I think we might disagree on Njoku. I don't think we necessarily disagree on Dolchich. I have him ranked, like, neck and neck with uh, Njoku. Um, okay. I just I think he's got legitimate top 12 tight end uh, potential. Uh, it's very rare you see a rookie tight end uh, step right in and, and – demand targets but that's exactly what we've seen with him and it hasn't mattered which of their QBs was playing like he's he's just getting featured in the offense in a in a significant way and their their schedule is pretty favorable in the second half of the year so um maybe Russ can even get it going a little bit and that would just uh increase Dolchich's upside even more yeah, uh, a couple QBs to talk about. Uh, talking about the Browns, you know, Deshaun Watson, you mentioned he's coming back, so he's moving up our rankings. It's always hard to kind of figure out, like, how much to move a guy up your rest of season rankings. All right, how many games is this guy going to play? Uh, trying to do some, you know, map, back of, uh, what do you call back it? Of back the of envelope. the napkin, man. Yeah. <laughs> back of the envelope. Um, but also Justin Fields, you know, this is a guy, I really liked him coming into the year, loved the rushing upside, which obviously has been on display lately. Um but he moved down my board quite a bit. You know, he had a really smash spot against Houston where he was the QB 31 <laughs> that week. And, and uh, that was week three. Um, but yeah, the last three weeks, he's been like a QB one. Uh, I'm looking at, it looks like his finishes were like QB 13, QB eight, QB five in that game against uh, New England. So he's trending up. Um, he's getting a few more pass attempts. His pass attempts lately have been in the twenties uh, instead of the teens. So you like to see that. <laughs> so yeah, Justin Fields is trending up. Well, they're also doing more designed runs for him, which is big and especially near the goal yeah. line. So if he's going to add a rushing touchdown every week, like that's going to hugely increase his fantasy value. And um, yeah, I mean, it, let's, let's be clear here. This is like a disastrous year for quarterbacks. <laughs> like there are so <laughs> few good quarterbacks this season in fantasy that like, Justin Fields, if he just is running every week, like he could be a top 10 fantasy quarterback relatively easily. So uh, yep. he's definitely shooting up my rankings uh, very quickly. Uh, Watson, yeah, I mean, so there's two different things here. You could do the back of the envelope in terms of like how many fantasy points will he score rest of season compared to other guys, and he'll be a little bit mm-hmm. lower if you're doing it that way. But if you're doing it in terms of like trade value or like, you know, um, impact a guy can have in fantasy like he's much higher in my opinion for that because it's like if you're 
if you're in a position where you're going to make the fantasy playoffs, like there's a good chance Deshaun Watson is a top 10 or maybe even a top five fantasy quarterback for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, you know, so like if you can get him on your roster now, you should do that. If you have Aaron Rodgers or you have Tom Brady or you have Matthew Stafford or you have Russell Wilson, you've been banging your head against the wall all season. Like Deshaun Watson is a potential solution to that. I just traded for him in one league uh, in a super flex league just because if I can make it, if I can find a way to sneak into the playoffs, you know, my <laughs> quarterbacks are Brady and Russ. So it's been a nightmare. Uh, you know, Bra- Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, we're in week eight. They combined have thrown for more than one touchdown in two games. Uh, <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's been a nightmare for a lot of fantasy managers uh, at quarterback. And Watson is the kind of guy who, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways it could go. But like I said, I see a scenario where the Browns are kind of out of it late in the year and they've got this shiny new toy and they're going to play with it. And it's going to be – it could be some fun fantasy numbers for Amari Cooper and Njoku uh, and Donovan Peoples-Jones and, and Deshaun Watson uh, late in the season. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Like if we if we were able to do like fantasy playoff rankings – um, Deshaun Watson, I'd go ahead and put him in my top 12, uh, maybe maybe even like six or seven, just because, you know, week 15, they get Baltimore, 16, New Orleans, week 17 at Washington. Mm. These are all good matchups, too. So, yeah. like, I mean, and we're not wish casting here. Like, this is this is going to happen. I mean, so they're going to switch. They're not just going to be like, oh, I'll just have, it's a lost season. Let's just leave Jacoby. <laughs> no, Watson's coming back. Oh, um, yeah. I don't care what their record is. Oh, yes. So. They've they've taken um, uh, I mean and probably rightfully so some serious public relations hits by making this move yeah. so they're going to at least uh, try to try to uh, get the on field benefit from it absolutely so we've um, we got through the movers we've got a couple shakers we could talk through um, I mean not too many we've already talked about a lot based on the different trades and things uh, but AJ Dillon we were talking about this before we started uh, is a guy that. You know, Green Bay is just not looking great. Um, it's not a guy that you want to drop. We were kind of talking about that. It's like, gosh, at some point, two, three weeks from now, he might be like, I could have just dropped A.J. Dillon. But he does have that handcuff value, uh, even, you know, if in, in case of emergency, in case of the yeah. Aaron Jones. Yeah, like I uh, like you and I were talking about this before the show. Like, to me, like his floor is basically being Alexander Madison. So it's like, exactly. you're not going to drop. You shouldn't drop Alexander Madison ever. And some people do. And then they come to regret it. Um, I feel the same way about AJ Dillon. Like you shouldn't drop him because of the upside that he has if yep. Aaron Jones gets hurt. But uh, you know, coming into the year, it was widely believed by by myself as well as many others that uh, AJ Dillon could be an every week RB two, and he's not even an every week RB three. <laughs> so I know uh, it's it's been rough. And um, I, I mean, to be honest, I've also downgraded Aaron Jones in my rankings. I know you haven't quite as much, but. Uh, no, I just it's messy with it's just I mean, that offense is just really ugly right now. So uh, I, I'm i trying to start players in other teams whenever I can over Packers. Um, and then the other guy we, we have on the Shakers list here is Drake London. Uh, I mean, you could put Kyle Pitts there as well. Uh, but sure. I think yep. we already had moved him down a lot before. Um, yeah, I mean, the. This is the most run-heavy team in the league on pace to set records for for how run-heavy they are. <laughs> Even when they're down double digits for 90% of a game, they're only attempting 13 passes like last week. So I don't you can't rely on Drake London or Kyle Pitts in fantasy leagues. Like 
it doesn't matter if he's quote unquote the number one receiver in this offense. Like when they're throwing 13 passes, even if he gets a uh, you know 50 percent target share, he's getting six or seven targets. <laughs> yeah, and I mean we were talking we were just just talking about Justin Fields how he started the year kind of like this, and he's been getting he's been throwing the ball a bit more more lately. Mariota's gone the other way. You know he had. 33 pass attempts week one against New Orleans, but lately it's been 25 or 19, 25, 14, 13, like you said, against Cincinnati. And I just think, you know, this division, again, is up for grabs. I think Arthur Smith is going to run, the, continue to run the ball, stay in these games, try to win the games, try to win the division. I don't think he's going to change anything. So, yeah, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, yeah, it stinks. <laughs> it does. And I hate to end it on that kind of a downer, but, you know, <laughs> here's an upper. We've got our full rest of season rankings up on the site, rosrankings.com. So uh, the NFL trade deadline is coming up, and the the trade deadline in fantasy leagues is, in most leagues, only a couple weeks away. Uh, So those uh, rankings, Bart and I both uh, put a lot of thought into them. They're helpful for assessing uh, trades uh, in your fantasy leagues. Um, And we also have our uh, Bart has his weekly rankings up. I'm putting mine up this afternoon for, for week eight. So you can check that out at rosrankings.com as well. And of course we're on Twitter. Uh, I am at Andrew underscore Seifter. And I am at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the bonus episode. Please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.